Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. I'm not Pat Mayo. I'm Gary and Thorne, and that means we're talking baseball, because let's be honest, Pat doesn't really know all that much about baseball in 2020. Someone who does know a lot about baseball is Chris Meany. We'll get to Chris in one second. Before we get into the show in which today we are breaking down, continuing to break down the top 50 NFBC MLB ADP, here in early February. Want to let you guys know how you can get some DK bucks. Pretty easy too. Just get into a couple of draws for a hundred DK dollars. All you have to do is subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience on iTunes. I know most of you already have done that, but for those of you out there still holding out, here's an opportunity to get something out of it for yourself. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, say something nice about the show. Doesn't have to be about me. It can be about Pat. That's fair. If it is about me, that's nice too. He's not going to let me know, so it doesn't really matter. But you leave your DK handy to get into a draw for those 100 DK dollars. 20 DK dollars could be yours. Same deal here. What you have to do, leave a like on this video. Then in the comment section below, let me know who you think is the most undervalued player outside the top 20 in the NFBC ADP. We're going to talk about some big power bats who you might think you can get some value with in just a second. So you do that, you leave your DK handle, you get put into a draw, presto changeo, you might win 20 DK dollars. But as I mentioned off the top, let us get to Chris Meany, everyone's favorite. Chris, how you doing, man? <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, at least we were on the, when Pat had the, the guest poll out there. Oh, yeah. He we stuck were... us with Cam. Yeah, that's a tough, Which God. is, I just like. How do you beat Cam? You can't. I voted for Cam. I, me too. Yeah. Cam's great. Yeah, Cam's great, but, but you know, I guess, you know, it felt good to be with Cam. And, yeah. You know, Cody, and you, well, and myself. One year when he did that poll, I, I guess I've fallen down a tier because I was in like, <laughs> I was in the Jeff uh, Tim tier. And I actually prefer being in the second tier because I was like, how? <laughs> yeah. I think I got like 2% of the vote. Yeah, Feinberg's like, yeah, another beauty. Feinberg, yeah. If you don't like Feinberg, you're just going to vote for Tim because Tim's just weird and he has his <laughs> fan base. Uh, Chris obviously works at The Athletic. Uh, run through the various podcasts you're on. I know you do one with uh, Jake and Brad Ziegler, which yeah. is, that could come in handy during the fantasy baseball season. Yeah, but Brad doesn't want to talk baseball anymore. He's sick of it. He's such ah. a he's such a diehard football fan. His Chiefs obviously won the Super Bowl, so he's on cloud nine. But yeah, the throwback, once a week, we'll be talking football all year. Um, saw the fantasy hockey podcast with Eric Young, doing some writing. The draft guide just launched at The Athletic. There's just... I mean, there's so many articles. I don't honestly don't know if there's enough hours from now until to, to read it all. First pitch to read it all. I mean, I don't think that's a bad thing. Nope. But there's there's a lot of greatness on there for sure. And there's a couple new fantasy baseball podcasts that launched. I was talking baseball just the other day with uh, Derek Van Riper and Michael Beller. So yeah, there's lots of good stuff at the Athletic, producing some pods. Baseball's here, man. It's, yeah. It's crazy. It's uh, this time last year, you and I were chatting, and yeah, it's crazy how quickly a time. Time just flies. I remember last year we were chatting during a blizzard in Toronto. Yes. So it didn't really feel right. like baseball season. Yeah. This year it's only like negative 10. Yeah. No snow though. No. No so, snow. It's uh, actually been a decent winter. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been okay snow. so far. It's cold this morning. Oh, it's been okay. Leave the house too much. I still feel like we're definitely going to get like that first week of baseball where whoever's pitching for Detroit yeah. has to like wear a balaclava Always. and pitch in the snow. It's, Always. Detroit, it's still going to happen Minnesota. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough go. So uh, we talked about the top 20 NFBC uh, ADP on an earlier episode of the podcast. 
went in depth into who you should take number one, which is funny. Like we, every football season that, that happens yeah. and we spend so much time on that and then baseball rolls around and it's not really something you ever no, think about all that much. It's first time in a long time we've been able to have a debate. Yeah. It's, it, it was fun. So we talked about Yelich. We talked about Trout. Uh, obviously we talked about Ronald Acuna, yeah. Mookie Betts. Uh, we got into some Fernando Tatis Jr. stuff. Uh, so if you want to listen to any of that, obviously subscribe yeah. and you would have probably already listened to it. But uh, if you haven't, go back and check that out. But we're kicking things off here at number 21 in the NFBC rank. So let's get right into it. Number 21, third baseman for the Boston Red Sox, Rafael Devers. Uh, Devers, man, it's been so long since I've talked baseball. I forgot how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> Devers. Uh, Mike Clevenger comes in at number 22. J.D. Martinez, 23. Jack Flaherty at number 24. Bryce Harper at number 25. Aaron Judge at number 26. Shane Bieber at number 27. Glaber Torres, 28. Steven Strasburg, 29. Pete Alonzo rounds out 21 to 30. So, we do have some interesting pitchers in this mix. There's Clevenger, there's Flaherty, Bieber, Strasburg. Mm-hmm. But the thing that stuck out to me immediately in this tier is power. Yeah. There is so much power in this tier. And it almost seems like one of these guys, you know, J.D. Martinez, Harper to a lesser extent maybe, uh, although he could always have a, an amazing season. It, it wouldn't surprise. It shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, but Judge... Alonzo coming off a 53 home run campaign. It almost feels like someone here is going to be a top five player. And it's just a matter of figuring out who. So among that group, among those power bats, who would you say is the guy who you're most excited and who, who you're really trying to target when that third round comes around? I think I think it's Judge, but I think there's actually going to be an opportunity for some value with JD Martinez. I, I like Martinez a lot yeah. this year. I, I think out which of, is also something we talked about last year. That's yeah. a that's an annually recurring it, topic. It, it really is. He's just <laughs> him such, and Nelson Cruz. He's yeah, Nelson Cruz. I mean, every year this guy continues to do it, and he gets doubted every year. He gets doubted in drafts, and he just he's he's so I think he's so JD good. Martinez, um, Nelson Cruz, and Edwin Encarnacion have to start like a club. Yeah. Where they're just like, hey, did you outperform your ADP by 30 picks every single season? I didn't, I didn't bring this back up when we were talking the other show with Trout, but like uh, barrels per plate appearance, I mean, fourth. And right there, Cruz and Judge and JD, yep. like those guys, they just square up the baseball. They're just phenomenal. I, I like Judge's, the upside. I feel like maybe I think he has a higher ceiling in terms of just like power. But overall, I mean, it's JD because he's just a better hitter, and he's the guy that's going to give you the better average. And he's the guy who's just been, I mean, over his last two years, averaged 40 homers, 104 runs, 118 RBIs, career 294 hitter, doesn't strike out a whole lot. Um, obviously, Mookie Betts leaving there, I'm sure, like some numbers potentially could go down. Maybe the RBIs, maybe the offense isn't as nice. But let's be honest; I mean, it's still a pretty good lineup. Yeah, they still have a lot of they prospects. They're just of, moving up yeah, a little bit in that lineup. Decent players, and you look at Judge, and I think some of his projections are a little bit unfair. Whether it's Steamer, ATC, wherever you look, I, I think you know a 254 hitter. I've seen 268. I, I think he's solidified as like a 270 at least. You know, over the past couple of seasons, he's been limited. We haven't seen the full season. You know, that breakout year, we saw a glimpse of what his upside really is. But 447 plate appearances, 27 home runs, 498 plate appearances last year, 27 home runs. And he hit at least 270 in both of those years. So I don't think he's actually a 
a 265 hitter. I think his floor is at least 270. And you look at Alonzo, I know that he's probably like a 250, 260. Yeah, so that, and that I don't think he's going to hit 50 home runs again. Because to someone who maybe isn't as immersed in advanced statistics, uh, you know, I don't even want to say someone who's like, I'm going to try fantasy baseball this year. But, right. you know, someone who's more home runs, RBIs, runs yep. than anything else. You're coming into a draft this year and you're like, wow, Pete Alonzo, 53 home runs yeah. as a rookie, led all the baseball. Crushed it down the stretch. Crazy numbers, was fantastic in August and September. This guy's got to be like a top 10 pick. Yeah. And then you see him sitting there at 30. Yeah. And it, it is a little jarring, but I, I think it's what you're saying. It's the average, the batting, the, the, I mean, stolen bases isn't a factor with any of these guys. No, so we, no, we don't no, really no, have to talk about no, that no. too, too much. But, you know, I, I mentioned this stat in our last show, but I think it's really worth repeating. In 2018, the top eight positional players in standard five by five leagues, JD Martinez finished third that year overall. Uh, he was the only guy inside those top eight positional players to do that without stealing 20 bases. Yeah, it amazing. is so crucial to be able to bring it across all five categories or at the very least four categories. And that's where JD Martinez separates himself elite, from Aaron Judge elite. and from Pete Alonso. Yeah. He's an elite yeah. batting average guy. And yeah. I I still somehow don't think he gets enough credit for that. Like you go back to the start of 2017, he is batting 313. The only player in baseball who that is worse than is Jose Altuve. Yeah. And one of those guys might have got a little bit of help. <laughs> bang, bang. Bang, bang. Um, but even in that span, so 124 home runs, first in baseball, 313 average, second in baseball, 339 RBIs, second to only Nolan Arenado. Those are three of the five categories in fantasy baseball yep. right there. Yeah. Uh, runs, 294. Oh, he's only 11th. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. everyone, for J.D. Martinez who bats cleanup and isn't very fast. I don't know. I Again, he's I, so safe. I sat there taking my notes, and I was like, what, what take? What take should I have yeah. in the, in the mid-20s? And I was like, it can't be that J.D. Martinez is being drafted too low because that's your take every year. Yeah. <laughs> it's my take again. Yeah. Like I, but it's fair. It's a, it's a fair take. He's the one guy here in the second round that it's, gets drafted where I feel like I wouldn't be shocked if he finished just after the, the top five yeah. with, with Betts and Bellinger. And look, he's getting, he's getting older. He is getting uh, older. this is his age 33 season. He could play some D.H. Yeah. Um, and, and look, maybe maybe there's some bat speed stuff. I don't know. But I, I feel like even that conversation, that usually starts we, around we, like 36. Yeah, 37. and we haven't seen it yet. We haven't yeah, seen there, a decline no yet. There's evidence. no reason to to believe that this year that he's just going to all of a sudden fall off a cliff and hit 270. And, and look, last season wasn't his best season. Yeah. Uh, in fact, last season was his worst season of the last three years. But if your worst season is still 310, 30 home runs, 100 RBI, 90 runs scored... Mm-hmm. If that's your floor, yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy, and and Judge too is he hasn't been able to stay healthy over the past couple of years. There's been that, you know, the fly ball rate has kind of gone the other way with him over the past couple yeah, of years, which strange. is a little weird. Yeah, I mean, he was an extreme fly yeah. ball hitter. At one it was point, like 51, so. 43, 32. That's just, yeah, and that's they went the favorite. other way with the hard hit, 45, 48, 54. It's mm-hmm. just some weird numbers there with Judge, but. You know, if he if he were to play a full season, I could I could see him. Obviously, I'm not breaking news here. Like leading the league in, in home oh, yeah. runs, 45 to pushing 50. I just feel like what we talked about with Acuna, there's going to be an adjustment period with with Alonzo in terms of just 
pitchers are are not going to throw the same type of yeah. pitches that he just smashed and and got into the park. So I mean, the strikeout rate I think could could creep up. Forty homers, sure. It's it's very possible. A good chunk of them came in September, October, hit twelve of them. But I think out of these three guys, he's the riskiest one. So you're gonna again, I think the the separation between surface stats and advanced stats, Pete Alonso is like the poster child. Yeah. Uh among, you know, the elite players this season. Cause, you know, nothing's gonna ever tell you. No, no form of statistic is gonna say to you Pete Alonso's a bad fancy player. No. Uh but the case four, let's start with that. Uh, 53 home runs last season, leads baseball, as we talked about. 120 RBI, it's fourth in all of baseball. A 323 isolated power, that's fifth in all of baseball. And he is one of 12 guys to finish the season with at least 100 runs scored and 100 runs driven in. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Despite all that, because he hit 260, still finished just inside the top 25. Exactly. In standard yeah. five by five leagues. So, and he's not going to improve on those numbers. And that's the thing is we just, I, I think we can all agree we just saw the best case scenario yeah. of Pete Alonso. I mean, maybe there's a scenario where he changes something drastic about his swing and yeah. he becomes a better and contact become, hitter, but that's yeah. going to be at the expense of some power. Absolutely. So there's going to be drawbacks here somewhere. Maybe the ball is different. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird. We've got so many intangibles coming into this season. Like, Who's going to be not cheating? Is the ball going to be weird? I don't know. So we can just go with yeah, what we you, know here. Yeah, you just yeah, you don't know. I mean, I guess if it's the same same ball, I mean, he he probably definitely hits forty. Yeah, again, but I don't think he hits fifty three. But uh, yeah, fifty three so is a bit of a push. If and the best case scenario of him is barely a top twenty five player, you still might be getting value with him at pick thirty. But I don't necessarily think he's someone you have to grab. And and then the advanced statistics. They don't paint a poor picture. They just paint a picture of someone who isn't the best hitter in baseball, even from a power perspective. So he had a 542 expected slugging percentage that was 22nd among players with 450 plate appearances. So not quite elite, very good. Um, But 22nd is not first in home runs. So there's a bit of a disparity there. 90.6 average exit velocity in miles per hour. That was 59th. Of the, of the players with at least 200 batted ball events. So now we're getting to a territory where it's, these advanced numbers really paint the picture of someone who very much outperformed yeah. uh, their batted ball profile. Um, and look, he's a power hitter. Yeah. Extreme fly ball hitters and extreme ground ball hitters sometimes mess with these expected stats. Mm-hmm. But again, I just think we're not going to see Pete Alonso be what he was last season. Yeah, I don't think so either. And again, I just feel like the in Judge and JD, they're just they're just more complete players. So much. I mean, they're going to give you that average. At judge least. Judge not is hurt like you in that department. Yeah. And Judge too. Judge is someone who's always operated as like a high high BAPIP guy. Yeah. And that's just who he is. Yeah. So you know when he makes contact, it's if it doesn't leave the park, it's it's there's got a good chance of being a hit. It's yeah. just the strikeout rate. And I don't think that's something that he's going to fix. Like, I don't, I don't yeah, think, I think Aaron think Judge is ever going to be like a guy who gets it down to 20%. No, I think he's just going to be a proven he is what 30% he is. strikeout rate. Um, but at the same time, where I mentioned some of the batted ball stats are a little underwhelming for Pete Alonso, Aaron Judge, 95.9 mile per hour average exit velocity, best in all of baseball. Yeah. Uh, 20.2 barrels per batted ball event percentage, second best in all of baseball. Top 10 in both expected slugging percentage and expected WOBA. Yeah, and when we were talking about the the ex woba when we were talking about Trout since 2017, second was Judge. Judge, yeah, he's close. He was he was right there. So that, I, I, yeah, I can't. I I want Judge and JD and Alonzo is going to be he's going to be an easy pass for me because there's a lot of first basemen that I've that I actually like this season. Yeah, but I feel like I could get Olsen a couple rounds later. Sure. 
And sure. he could, and it would honestly not shock me if Wilson had more home runs and than Alonso thing, with a similar similar yeah. average. And the thing too is, I mean, first and foremost, it's not like City Field is some fantastic no. hitters park. Um, but yeah, like with what Alonso does, best case scenario, he's a three category specialist. He's not going to kill you in batting average. Yeah. You hope. Yeah. Um, you can find three cat guys. Yeah. That's that's what most first basemen. Yeah, are. yeah. Like, um, you know, every year it feels like the year that we just get diminishing returns from Jose Abreu, but even Abreu, like, Abreu, I you know like, man? I like Edwin. Yeah. Edwin. I still like Edwin every year. Edwin continues to get it done. Absolutely. Every year. The, the next time Edwin Encarnacion doesn't hit his ADP will be the first time in a very long time. Yeah. So if, so if it bites you this year, I'm sorry, but trends say he's going to outperform his ADP yeah, this 100, year. hundred percent. And I love that lineup. You know, we just talked about him and Abreu, but even, even Hoskins, there's some red flags with Hoskins, but round eight here in the labor draft and a 15 team. I mean, this time last year, people were actually having the debate between Hoskins and Bellinger. Yeah. At the first base position, there were a lot of people talking about potential MVP. And I know that there's a lot of holes in his swings. And, but even still, as the eighth round for a guy in Hoskins who could 30 home runs, definitely. 100 runs, 100 RBIs. It's, like, all of that is definitely in play with him, too. I think I've got it written down later. here somewhere. I'm trying to see if I have it. Yeah, okay. 58 different players hit 30 home runs last season. Yeah. So when your main skill is the most easily accessible skill in all of baseball, it's just going to hurt your ADP. Right. So uh, what, one more point I did want to make about JD, just so I can cap this with love for JD at the start and love for JD at the end. <laughs> I um, love the Red Sox as much as it's, it's so as weird. JD. I really ugh, makes <laughs> me feel weird. But uh, I loved him a lot more when he was on the Diamondbacks. Sure. A lot easier to love when he was on the Diamondbacks. Um, uh, when, when we talk about warning signs for maybe someone who's getting up there in years, maybe their swing starting to degrade, that the bat speed starting to lessen. Uh, Martinez last season actually had a lower O swing than he did the season prior. He also had a higher contact rate than the season prior. So yeah. it really does seem like his his batted ball skills are. Yeah, still. There's not one red flag with JD. There's nothing. So I think you can look at. Uh, Well, that's a nice transition because let's now move to (laughs) someone who is nothing but red flags. Yeah. Uh, You know he's uh, he's been a hot buzzer issue. Jose Altuve leads off really the next tier of player. I mean, Starling Marte is actually right there at number thirty-one. Now with the Arizona Diamondbacks, obviously Jose Altuve comes in at thirty-two. Blake Snell. Austin Meadows, teammates there with Tampa Bay. Chris Sale, Xander Bogarts at 36. Jonathan Villar at 37. Jordan Alvarez at 38. Adalberto Mondesi of the Kansas City Royals at 39. Ozzie Albies at number 40. That's kind of like this the first part of the second base run. That's, yeah, yeah. You've got your... Let's it's call a them, weak position, but that's yeah. kind of where they go in the third-ish. Third it's like the flawed middle in, infielder yeah. tier. Yeah. Like guys who definitely have value. I mean, you know... Mondesi and VR are really their own archetype yeah. of player. Yeah. Um, although I think VR actually had a very nice season last yeah, year. Yeah, he did. Um, like 118 runs or something silly. Yeah, I mean, he was perfectly fine. Now he's not playing for Baltimore. Yeah, Miami. Which is, I mean, not the biggest improvement in the world. <laughs> no, but, but again, not Baltimore. ballpark switches. Um, not, a, not a positive. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but triples park. Yeah. So if you play one of those weird triples leagues. That's true. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk Altuve, though. Triples so, leagues. <laughs> uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit in... Uh, the first show we did where we talked 1-20 to 20 when we brought up Correa, but there's, aside from, let's call them some underhanded trends, um, the, the really big concern that the Astros have had the last couple of seasons, the only concern they've had because they've been such a dynamic offensive team. Uh, I think there was a point last year when 
their average, uh, their, their team average WOBA was like higher than, I think 12 teams didn't have a single player at their team average WOBA. It was nuts. Like that's the entire lineup yeah. was, was crushing it. Um, the knock that we've seen in recent seasons is you've got a guy like Correa who has some speed, steals 20 bases, suddenly stops stealing bases. Yeah. George Springer. Springer. All we heard about Springer, 30-30 potential. 40-40 oh, potential. 40-40, I think, in the minors. Stop stealing bases. Yeah. Um, but Altuve, he's never going to stop stealing bases. That's his thing. He steals bases. That's what he does. It's slowing down. Big time. It's slowing down. He's got six steals, getting older, oft injured. Yeah. These are not good signs for suddenly stolen bases are going to appear. I will say, um, if you're looking for a change in environment, um, A.J. Hinch is no longer there. Mm -hmm. uh, he had been a very constant force in this Houston Astros system, obviously as their manager for about the past half decade. Um, but I went back, Dusty Baker, last managed 2017 Nationals, aside from Trey Turner, yeah. who was just going to steal bases regardless of who his manager is, uh, they only had one guy with more than 15 so it's, it's, and, and this stuff is all kind of weird. Like yeah. I think stolen bases are so much more about the actual players you have, not so much like your managerial style. Right. But, uh. They're just set up that way though. Yeah. They just, they just have so many elite hitters that what's the point? You don't need to take the risk. Right. I mean, you put in Jordan Alvarez into that lineup like last I year mean, and, and every time he gets up to, to the plate, you, you probably have two, one to two, I mean. All of those guys in Springer and Altuve and Correa and Brantley Correa was batting seventh for a majority of last season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just nuts. And in and into the playoffs. Yeah. Seventh, eighth. It's 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 crazy to even think about. But yeah, I'm completely out on Altuve. There's yeah, no too. chance I'll touch him. Me too. I mean, um, he he would have to fall. That's a good question. Far. How how far would he have to fall? Yeah. Well, like here, if we get to pick fifty and Jose Altuve is still on the board. Sure. Okay. I think that's that's fair. I mean, here he went 31st overall in the in the labor. I think mix. someone is going to be willing to take him there. I, I just don't think it's going to be it, me. It's, I know for a fact it's it's not going to be me because I don't I don't fully believe in the power either. I mean, he just had his, no. his oh, best power yeah. season. There's of, some serious red flags of all time. There's really not anything aside from the batting average. Right, the batting average is elite, and it still will be. He's going to hit 300. If not, yeah. he's going to hit 290, 295. But like, everything I still else, think, there's some. Serious but yeah, there's there's some serious question marks. The health, the knee over the past couple of years has creeped up. That's bothered him. So yeah, the power, the the lack of stolen bases, which we loved. That's what we liked about him. That's That was it. I mean, for years when we talked about Otuve, when we talked about Otuve a couple of years ago, we had a little bit of a fun debate between him and Trout. Well, he's going to touch a lot of categories for you. He's not going to hurt you anywhere. He's yeah. at least going to get double-digit home runs, but even, I'm sure he'll hit 10 to 15, definitely. But I don't know if he's, he's going to hit 25. Like, I think like 20. Yeah. But, I, like he's but not even in 20, I don't even, like, so, I think that's best case. So, I mean, as you know, I couldn't get through a single one of these shows or a single segment of these shows without railing on someone for not hitting enough fly balls because that's, yeah. that's just what I love to do. It's my yeah. favorite thing to do. I can't I can't mock Christian Yelich anymore because yeah. he's changed. So, uh, Altuve last season, 31 home runs in 548 plate appearances. Uh, had a 252 isolated power, which... He's been trending upwards in power the last three seasons, so I don't want to completely hold against him uh, versus his career ISO, but that's almost double his career ISO. That is the dictionary definition yes. of an outlier season. So, had a 49.9% ground ball rate. That was the highest of any of the 58 players who hit 30-plus home runs last season. So now you're talking about someone who is not only an outlier amongst his own career statistics, he's an outlier amongst everyone else in baseball who was able to do the thing he did last yeah. season 
23.3% home run to fly ball ratio. The best it had been <laughs> before that in his career came in 2018 when it was 14.6%. There's just no way he's no. hitting 30 home runs. Oh, no, no chance. And his steals, they've gone no from chance. 56 to 38 to 30 to 32 to 17 to 6. Yeah. Like, it's not coming he, back. Ton, ton of red flags. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think he – I'd be absolutely shocked if he hit 30 home runs. Like, I just don't feel like there's a chance. The Astros are such an interesting case this season. I mean, because they, they do have elite hitters and great hitters and this whole cheating thing. You wonder how really that they're going to respond. Is it going to be in their head? Are they going to struggle early? Is it going to be an awful season? Are they going to be What's motivated? The if, are they, if, it's if, just so many different ways that this could If Altuve gets out go. of the gate and plays poorly, like, you know, we can't play psychologists necessarily, but I you, you – have to think part of this is like i have to start well because as soon as i start poorly it, oh, people are going to be questioning everyone is going to be questioning everybody and, and, and that can spiral and there, you're going to have pitchers again maybe we're looking at this a little bit more maybe See, i am you, but you're going to have motivated guys that just want to strike out like you cheated like all of that stuff i brought this up too this like it's going to be in play look this this isn't the biggest deal in the world but if we're going to hold like a high walk rate against someone like mike trout how many times is Jose Altuve not going to get a chance to hit because he's hitting the ribs with a fastball this season? <laughs> That's very possible. 25, 30 times? I would expect it. I would expect pitchers I would, to throw it. I'd be shocked if Jose Altuve doesn't lead yeah. the league in hit by pitches yeah. this season. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it, maybe, well, maybe Bregman. He's a little bit bigger. Yeah, Bregman. Yeah. Somebody, they're going to get hit a lot. Bregman's got that smug look on his face all the yeah. time, too. So I just, I, the second base position, I think it is pretty weak. It is. Yeah, I great. do want. Like Torres, I'm probably not. If he's going to be the first second baseman off the board, I'm probably not going to go there. Albies, I like. I actually believed in his rookie season when a lot of people didn't. He fixed up the plate appearances against lefties. He hit like, them pretty well. Like Keston, man. If I can get Keston 10 yeah. picks after Altuve, Keston, Keston. He's on my short list, too. I, I like Marte, but I don't know if I want to spend that. Whit Merrifield, I think, is a guy who just. Whit's always good. Another guy yeah. who's just, you know, what Produces. you're getting with him, pretty safe. And also, the thing with Whit, uh, I believe, expiring contract, there's a. There's a good chance a contender gets Whit Merrifield. Yeah, which is exciting. Maybe that gets into a situation where he's not batting first or second. Yeah. You never you never quite that's, know how these things work. That's possible. But I would think that a lot of teams draft based upon need. And I think if, if you're a team that's bringing in Whit Merrifield, you need someone to hit atop your lineup. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think the lineup positioning is all that scary for me. But he could find himself in a, a relatively a he better could. lineup than the Royals could. at some point this season. Yeah. A better ballpark than the Royals. Absolutely. At some point this season. Yeah. And that has to be considered. He's a terrific hitter. He's somebody that I've loved in fantasy over the past couple of years because I don't feel like he gets the respect. I mean, he steals bases, he get and he's a great hitter. The average is always going to be there. And you know, and then Muncie and Moustakis get that second eligibility. I like yeah. those guys as well, some sure. later on yeah. guys. But yeah, for Altuve, he'd have to yeah. fifty. I don't know if he'll fall to fifty. People will take a shot at him. Someone's gonna take a shot. Because it's he still has that name brand. There's it's it's name brand. It's he's hitting a top one of the best lineups in baseball. And even if we have question marks about that lineup, it's still going to be. I still think they're going to be top five and run scored. Yes. Um. Good ballpark. Yeah. Track record. Yeah. I I think someone's going to be willing to do it because let's be honest. I mean, getting Altuve this deep in a draft would be unheard of under yeah. most circumstances. Um. Clearly, his ADP is reflective of the concerns we've brought up. Yeah. But I still just think I'm not willing to touch it. No, um, it, it's it's just not someone I want to get into. Even uh, his expected slugging percentage, uh, he exceeded that by 58 points. It's the 13th highest disparity of any player with 500 plate appearances. There's just so many things. Yeah, we can go on and on and on about yeah. the red flags. Just don't draft him. I, I wouldn't. Do Everyone it. listening, just don't. Draft I wouldn't him. do it. So uh, before we round out this show, obviously we want to get into the back half of the top 50. Uh, talk about some guys from 42. 
pick 50. So let's start with Javier Baez, who came up briefly uh, in our 120 show when we were talking about shortstop. He's going off the board at pick 41. George Springer comes in at 42 as the never-ending line of Astros continues. Uh, we've got Keston right there at 43, Cattell Marte at 44, Luis Castillo at 45, Charlie Blackman at 46, or excuse me, Charlie Blackman at 45, Luis Castillo at 46, Patrick Corbin, Lucas Giolito, Whit Merrifield, the aforementioned Whit Merrifield, and JT Real Muto, who I can tell you right now, no one wants to draft at 50. No chance. Uh, we can no talk chance about that. I ever draft JT Real Muto We can at talk 52. about that a little bit, but uh, sort of like... Even in a two-catcher league, no thanks. I know, it's, I mean, it's, it's as if people didn't learn that exact lesson last year. He was a complete bust for where he went last year. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I, I really think he's don't. a great catcher. I think oh, he's, he's perfectly fine. Best catcher uh, in baseball, probably. But catcher, look, catcher's not deep. I don't want to make that claim. No, it's definitely not deep. But more so than like, you know, we were making the joke with shortstop before that if you didn't get one of 10 guys, you're almost screwed. There's like 15 to 18 acceptable catchers. And the yeah. difference between catcher like six and catcher 18 is marginal uh, at best. Yeah. So it, it's just not a position I'm no. not going to pay up. They're, especially all the, they're all the same, really. They're just... Yeah. You just hope that they don't kill you in the average department. And look, maybe Rumuto bounces back a little bit. He should. He, he probably will, but I don't think he, at that range. He'd have to do a lot. Where do you go in labor? Yeah, I don't me. even know. Um, well, if you find it, let me know. But yeah. uh, I, I did want to say the one thing about this tier, uh, and, and maybe it was something different that stood out to you, but uh, sort of like the 20 to 30 tier where it was just like, wow, there's a lot of power hitters in this tier. Uh, that mini run on pitchers, mm-hmm. I think, is really interesting because uh, – Castillo, Corbin, and Giolito, 46, 47, 48 in terms of ADP. Their numbers last season compared side by side are almost identical. I know. They really uh, are. Castillo, 3.7 FIP, 29% strikeout rate. Corbin, 3.5 FIP, 28% strikeout rate. Lucas Giolito, 3.43 FIP, 32% strikeout rate. Uh, all three top seven in swinging strike rate. Luis Castillo actually finishes swinging strike rate at 15.9%, trailing only. Garrett Cole, yeah, Max Scherzer, and Verlander. And Verlander. Yeah. Um, like, when you get to a tier like this, and I guess we should make the case, I guess, for Corbin at the very least, that, I mean, Corbin's always been one of my fantasy crushes. I, I think I talked about him on our shows we did last year. Uh, you know, I've liked him really, I, I think it was 2016, he had that really nice bounce back season with Arizona over the course of the second half. Um, but when you come to a tier where you've got Corbin, who is still not like a household name, and you've got Castillo and Giolito, who obviously come with a lot of pedigree, but this is their first time ever being drafted inside the top 50, and there's always a little bit of inherent risk being the person who's like, I trust everything Lucas Giolito did last season, even though he's got that pedigree. And I know Castillo even was someone who was, his ADP was just outside the top 100, but he got some helium. Mm -hmm. People were very excited about Lucas Castillo last season. Yeah. So this almost does feel like a natural sort of process with him. But when you see three guys like this, nearly identical stats from last season, how do you kind of go about separating them? Yeah, I, I, I usually want, I want to see the, a track record. And I suppose if we are looking for one, it's, it's Corbin. He, I mean, he would definitely seem to have the highest floor. Here. Yeah. Giolito, I, I probably need you to sell me on him because I, I'm, I'm not completely there, although you're right. He just, the pedigree has been there. I mean, when you just see the strikeout rate go from 6.4, the Caper 9 from 6.4, it basically doubled. Yeah. 11.6. The walk rate went the other way, 4.6 to 2.9. The contact rate was was elite. The swinging strike, as you mentioned, was elite. 
obviously at home gave him a little bit of troubles, and that's going to happen when you where where you pitch. But I thought down the stretch, you know, three of his six games where he had double digit strikeouts came against the Royals. I, I thought he had some soft matchups down the stretch, mm-hmm. and sure. I still think he's solid. He threw the fastball obviously a little bit less, but the velocity went up. The change he threw a bit more that seemed to be working for him. Yep. But for me, I think I'm most interested in Castillo. I mean, you were giving some numbers earlier. And when we talked about Cole, I mean, he's right there. He was second in whiff rate, mm-hmm. 36% behind Cole. You mentioned the swinging strike percentage. I think the changeup that he has is oh, absolutely phenomenal. elite. Uh, 27.5% whiff rate on yeah. his changeup, which is incredible. He went from throwing that 26% of the time to 34% of the time. Yep. Ground ball rate last year, 55. Career ground ball rate, 52. Also, Number on that, uh, sorry, on that changeup. Yeah. 200 opponent slugging percentage on his changeup last season. So even if you did Couldn't make contact, it. good and, luck doing anything and with And you it. didn't do anything with it. The contact rate was number one in baseball yep. too, 65%. And the fact that we have, if everyone is is really looking to split hairs and looking at the home road splits in the ballpark, obviously Cincinnati's very hitter friendly. Mm-hmm. This guy had a 3.15 ERA at home over 125 home innings. He had 65 innings on the road where he had 3.88. So that ground ball is a huge plus yep. to where he pitches at home. And that pitch, that change to me... Is is more elite than any pitch that you know Corbin and, and Giolito have. Yeah, I mean that's that's always the selling point with Corbin was, I mean really just tracking through my own mind the past four years, uh, it's changed slightly. But for a while there, the, the two things I always looked for in a pitcher, aside from strikeouts, was obviously, I mean this is sort of strikeouts, but more specifically, do you have a put away pitch? Yeah, because it's one thing to you know nibble the corners and get some guys looking, but the the true strikeout. Maestros, yeah, you need to put away pitch, absolutely. Um, and that ground ball rate, it's it's nice to see a ground ball rate. And, and as we sort of talked about with Cole, with the way baseball is going, with the with the love that people have now for that high fastball, home run rates are up, ground ball rates are down, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's for the best. Yeah, like I, ground ball rate's not something I really pin my hopes and dreams on anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say I dislike seeing it. Right. Um, and the two things I always loved about Corbin were. His slider is dynamite. It is. And he was someone who had a very high strikeout rate and a very high ground ball rate, something that wasn't happening a lot anymore. Castillo checks both those boxes. And like yeah. you said, arguably he does it better yeah. uh, because that changeup really had a case to be made that it is one of the best pitches in all of baseball. 100%. Uh, it is the reincarnation of like the Felix Hernandez changeup, the Johan Santana changeup at this oh, point. Yeah. Like it's an incredible pitch. It's elite. Um, and like you said too, he threw it more last season, which is you want to see a tangible change in approach for some of these pitchers. And when you discover that you have a pitch like that, throw it more, mm-hmm. forget about what the count is, forget about establishing your fastball, just throw it more. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's, that sort of thing with Giolito. And I, I'm with you. I think I struggled with Giolito more than want to spend that pick on that one year. Yeah. Um, and I think with pitchers too. There, there really are distinct tiers. Uh, there are Cole and DeGrom, and then there is sort of that Verlander, Scherzer. I mean, let's even throw it all the way down to Strasburg. We're just yeah. like very trustworthy, elite guys mm-hmm. who you kind of know what you're getting from. Them. Yeah. And then there's kind of this tier. Yeah. And I think G. Little belongs in this tier. But like you said, I think the difference between, like I almost want to say it's tier one, tier two, no one's in tier three, mm-hmm. and then there's a tier four. Like, I think the step down you take from a Strasburg to get to Giolito 
is pretty extreme. It is. Um, and you don't see that reflected necessarily in the ADP. Right. So, yeah. But at the same time, let's say Giolito falls to like pick 60, pick 65. Yeah. I think I'm starting to get interested again because there was substantial change, like you talked about. So he basically eliminated throwing his sinker. Oh, yeah. Which it is wasn't working for him. the Houston Astro philosophy, essentially, if you're looking to connect dots here about like what generally, you know, even going back to Garrett Cole, what did Garrett Cole do? Stop throwing your sinker. Yeah. Throw, throw your curveball, throw your fastball. Um, he didn't throw his curve, but they found out that his best breaking pitch is that changeup. Uh, so starts throwing those an incredible high amount. His four-seam fastball and his changeup. Uh, second half of the season, like you mentioned, a little rockier than the first half of the season by some surface stats. The games he did very well in tended to be against very bad opponents. Very he, bad he, opponents. He had, I mean, he did he had some good shutout ones against, against the Yankees. Yeah, and he had a like, couple good ones against the Twins. I think he shut out the Astros, too. Yeah, he faced them back-to-back where I think he gave up one run and had like 20 strikeouts, which was so pretty impressive. he's gotten it done against yeah. league competition. But the second half was a little rocky, but I, I really went into it because I, I remembered thinking... You know, he was just so good across that first half. What happened in the second half, his strikeout-to-walk ratio actually was a lot better in the second half of the season. He had a 29.1% strikeout-to-walk ratio. His strikeout rate in the second half was 35%. Yeah. And that was the one reason that I, that I didn't like him in the, the years previous is I thought his well, command seemed, was it, just, it wasn't yeah. there. And it seemed like, too, he was someone who we were told when he was a top prospect in the national system yes. that he was going to be an amazing strikeout pitcher, and suddenly it just stopped. It stopped. He, he wasn't striking out guys. Yeah, the weird. command, he was giving up home runs. So, yeah, it's extremely strange. But you, as you mentioned, I mean, the pedigree is there. And, you know, where he went in this draft, it's it's exactly, I mean, Corbin goes first, then Kershaw, Castillo, Giolito. And after that, I mean, Aaron, and you got Nola there. You have Darvish. People are really buying into that yeah. second half. Granky is there. Syndergaard, Morton, Paddock. You get into some more upside guys I there. Like, I'm trying to think Giolito versus Kershaw and Giolito versus... Um, a Syndergaard? A Nola? Uh, no, sorry. Who were you saying? Uh, Morton? Darvish? Granky? Granky. Because Granky for me is not someone who I'm actively looking no. to buy this year. Verlander's not someone I'm actively looking to buy this year. I think I'd rather have Giolito. Yeah, I, for the strikeouts. Just for the strikeouts. Like Granky is, 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 I feel like he's just pitched a contact over the past couple of years. He really has. His, yeah. his strikeout numbers have, have yeah. kind of fallen off a it's cliff. It's like Soroka, too. I mean, I know we're going on crazy no, no. little tangent no, no. here, but like Soroka goes in the 10th round, and people are just, oh, well, he's not going to strike anybody out. But I mean, for a ratio's he, perspective, it's fantastic. Maybe, maybe he will strike and out also, more guys, but he's a he guy that almost, I feel like... He was almost a strike-up inning. It's just he, that he, he wasn't was. in this, like, crazy yeah, he's not in that other range. tier, but, I mean, he's got he's got great stuff, and I feel like he's a pitcher, like, a lot like Granky, where, like, he's fine with pitching to contact mm-hmm. and and jamming hitters and, and getting those ground balls yeah. with his terrific defense behind him. Yeah, I mean, look, there's, there's really nothing wrong with it, too, in, in a certain aspect, because... Uh, you know, you save your pitch count, you, you work deeper into games yeah. uh, that for what you lose in like strikeout ratio, if you just pitch eight innings and strike out seven guys, if someone's pitching five innings and striking out seven guys, sure. Cool. Yeah. 29% strikeout rate. It's the same amount of strikeouts at the end yeah. of the day in yeah. fantasy baseball. So there's something to be said for that style. Uh, the other thing I noticed about Giolito's second half, and uh, this is something we also touched on when we talked about Cole, is the big bugaboo he had was home runs. He mm-hmm. gave up 1.76 home runs per nine, uh, which meant his ex-fip was actually 3.28 in the second half. A lot of home runs, a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, look, he's not Cole. He's not Verlander. He's not Scherzer. I understand that. But at the same time, that's how those guys are pitching. They're like, give me the 35% strikeout rate. Yep. If I get hit with a long ball or two, that's it's fine. A solo shot. And Giolito, a couple more long balls, granted. Yeah. Yep. But... 
if that's the archetype he's aiming for, I can't really knock the guy. Right. Like if, if he's telling me my goal is to become Max Scherzer, cool. <laughs> it's a good I goal. Am, I am glad that that is your goal. Yeah, it is uh, a good goal. So I can see the upside. It's, it's, it's hard to say sometimes with these guys who the ADP is just, because he was undrafted last year. We should really point that out. Yeah. He was undrafted. He wasn't touched. Um, and he hung around waiver wires for a long time because people bit. weren't buying it. Took till, took till about late yeah. May yeah. before people really bought in. Uh, I remember writing something for DraftKings yeah. in like the middle of May being like, I think this is legit. I, th- I think the maybe the biggest thing when you're talking about you know the solo shots and the strikeouts is the fact that he did clean up his walks. Yeah. Again, like 4.67 oh, really walks per nine. I mean, I don't touch pitchers usually. His zone rate that last season like that. went way up yeah like because he was it, pounding the strike because it piles up and for a guy who who's known to give up some home runs i mean that's the difference we talked about scherzer and, and cole and these guys are giving up solo shots but when you're walking two or three guys that's when the trouble happens those are those blow-up outings and he just didn't yeah. really have those blow-up outings. i mean that's outings. one of the reasons too why more and more pitching coaches are talking about eliminating the sinker because the sinker essentially is a pitch that one is trying to get opponents to make contact which is kind of the inverse of what you know, we've been taught recently about what you want as a pitcher to generate. And then if, if they're not swinging at your sinking fastball, mm-hmm. it's a ball. Yeah. Exactly, like it's yeah. not going to be in the strike zone. Off of it, yeah. um, and, and I think that led to some of his, you know, he, he got down in counts. Uh, he had to work his way back. He didn't have the stuff. Mm-hmm. He's kind of simplified his repertoire. I like it. And then the one thing, you know, we haven't talked about yet. Um, and it's funny because you could make the case that the NL or sorry, the AL central is better this season than it was last season. Still but awful. the reason you would make that case is that the, the White, White Sox, Sox improve their offense. Yeah. He don't got to face the White Sox. Yeah. He pitches for the White Sox. Yeah. He still gets probably five starts this season against Kansas City. Yeah. Five starts against Detroit. Yeah. And I don't think Cleveland's, there, I don't think Cleveland's all that good. No, there, there's definitely... I'm glad you brought that up, actually. Because that's that, that's the lifeblood of Clevenger. That's what made Carrasco so yeah. good. I think that's what, what we talked about last year yeah. at this point. Oh, it was horrible When we were talking year, about the yeah. Cleveland pitchers. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you got to face the Twins, but I mean, you're going to get some pretty good matchups, and that's that's part of it. Like, I can't knock him on the on the run that he went on because he faced weak teams. Yeah, He's still, I mean, I'll take it. Yeah, you 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 absolutely take it. I mean, you can still have a bad outing against a weak team, obviously, but he he still had that run, and the fact that his offense is a little bit better. Maybe maybe he, wins. Maybe he can get a couple more W's, but yeah, the fact that he's going to go because Detroit is is so bad and Kansas city is awful as well. So arguably the, I mean, Detroit, I think we can say point blank, the worst offensive baseball, hundred percent. Um, Kansas city is close. And if yeah. they trade Mer- if they trade Merrifield at some point, uh, it's not getting better. No, it's, it's not. Corbin may be the safest guy though. I was going to say, so t- to round <laughs> like this floor. out, if, if you, if you're sitting there, pick 45, all three of these guys are on the board. Who are you going with Castillo? I I'm going with Castillo. I've, I've kind of put my flag into, into him. I just, the improvements that they made, with him last season and that's 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 what i like to see another team as well who has improved oh offensively. When, it, when expectancy for castillo should be yeah, a little bit better it should be a little bit higher but i i think i will go with castillo you, you've you've kind of sold me a little bit on giolito but he would have to he would have to fall i'm still from, going castillo so it's okay yeah he would have to fall for me a little bit honestly i think i would probably take nola ahead of him but i agree with you like uh, over granky probably over darvish yeah, he and Darvish are close. Like I, I buy into what happened in the second half. So, of so do I. Yeah. Because um, same same thing we're talking about with Giolito. Like it's the walks. It is. He the walks. found his control, and it and that's the biggest thing. Sustained it seemed to for the yeah. longest time. So, um, yeah, I think I'm taking Castillo. It honestly, it wouldn't surprise me, just with how, I, I think this is probably the peak we're going to see from Corbin. This is about the range he got yep. to last year. Yep. 
don't think we're ever going to see him as a top 30 pick. No. This is just who he is. This is exactly who he um, is. Giolito, <clears throat> maybe someone looks at the stats I looked at. They look at the AL Central thing and go, this guy could have a higher ADP than this. But I think he's going to be someone just, there's going to be tentativeness because he's so new to the mm-hmm. top 50 and, yeah. and we've seen this kind of stuff before. It wouldn't shock me if in a month we come back and Castillo's ADP is like 38, yeah. 37. Because yeah. Um, he's someone people, like we said, already last season, they were excited to buy. Yeah. I think they're still excited to buy. Yeah, if there's one guy that's going to fall down the board, it's going to be a GLE too. Yeah. And if he has a bad first month, he's one of those guys that you'll be able to buy, buy low, low on, buy. I think for sure. Because we'll say, oh, there's the old Giolito. Struggling with walks, giving yeah. up bombs. And I think he, he'll probably be a pretty good buy low candidate. I mean, it'll be interesting, too, to see how their schedule kind of breaks down. I'm, I'm sure it'll be relatively even. But I know uh, even Minnesota, I remember one of my favorite bets all year. I unfortunately didn't get on a Minnesota at the start of the year to win the AL Central. And their run totals were like two and a half in the first month of the season. I know. Just hammering it, hammering it. But all-star break, uh, Cleveland had kind of worked their way back into it. Yeah. Uh, and I remember the Twins... I think they had to play three games in Cleveland. And I was like, they're going to lose two games in this series. And then it'll only be like a game and a half separation. Cleveland will be hot for the team. Mm-hmm. You might be able to get Minnesota plus money again yeah. to win the AL Central. And they were. And I remember thinking or looking at the schedule and noting that they still had four series with the Royals, four series with the White Sox, three series with the Tigers, yeah. and like a series with the Marlins or something yeah. too. It was Perfect. crazy how easy their schedule was down the stretch. Um, if Giolito does struggle early on, Go take a look and see, like, have they played the Royals yet? Yeah. Have they played the Tigers yet? The last month of the yeah. season is pretty division heavy. Yeah, because he he could be a really big key in the playoffs yeah. if uh, if they're playing those divisional opponents. Well, Chris Meany, we uh, we rounded out the top 50. We did I, it. I think we did a pretty good job getting pretty in-depth. But uh, Real Muto actually went the third round here. Maybe we're wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like it. He's the first catcher off the board, third round, 46, 47, 48, 49. Okay. I still don't like it. But, no, uh, I'm not a fan. Grandall in the sixth, if you're going to yeah, take man. a catcher that early. Which is weird because Grant, this is the that's, exact situation that we had last year. It was like, do I take Romito earlier or do I take Grandall three rounds later? That's pick 90. And you just take Grandall three rounds later. Yeah. And it worked last year. Anyway. He's another guy too. I don't know how much you take into stock, but he's a decent framer. Maybe he yeah. can help out a guy like Giolito a little bit. He does He does have that repertoire. Yeah. Um. Yeah, look, there's... We got six weeks until uh, we until first pitch of the baseball season. There's lots of time to break stuff down. But that was our breakdown of the NFBC top 50 for DraftKings and for the Pat Mayo experience. If you guys think we were too harsh on someone, if you think there should be someone in the top 50, let us know in the comments section below. But if you want to get into those DK draws, I will tell you how to do so one more time for the $100 DK draw. Go subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience on iTunes. Leave a five-star review. And in your comment, first and foremost, say something nice. Secondly, leave your DK handle. Then for 20 DK dollars to get into that draw, all you got to do, like this video, which you just watched in its entirety. So I feel like you liked it. And in the comment section, tell us who you think is the most undervalued player outside the top 20. Who do you think you could even see yourself taking in the second round? maybe surprising some of the dudes in your draft room. So leave that answer with your DK handle and you'll be put into a draw for 20 DK dollars. Again, subscribe to The Athletic. Go follow Chris's work. Go listen to his podcast. All great stuff. And if you want to follow me, check out DraftKings Live and, you know, just the DraftKings homepage. I'll be hovering around there and I'll be back here doing some more baseball previews. 
very, very soon. So thank you so much for joining us. I'll catch you again next time. Experience! Experience!